It's the Muppets Minute Show with host Nick and Annie. Yay! Yay! It's time to talk about the Muppets movies minute by minute. Today we're talking about the great Muppet caper, Minute One. Minute One starts with a fade in from black and ends with Fozzie worried about lightning. Oh, wow, you just saying that got me excited. I know, right? Like, well, I have to get used to saying the great Muppet caper now. I know. That's why I wrote it down a bunch, a bunch of times. So here we go. We uh, we we start off with the, with uh, with the second feature length Muppet movie, and uh, I you know I I want to start with this uh, this entry I found from uh, Jim Henson's Red Book, which is basically uh, his uh, collection of his journal entries that he put together. And um, this is um, this is from right after the uh, the, the the Muppet Show kind of finished its final episode. Basically, the Muppet Show ended its five year run right before the uh, uh, the Great Muppet Caper started. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was also about the same time as the Dark Crystal went into pre production as well. So both he so Henson had just wrapped up this you know five year journey with the the Muppet Show starting on two feature-length movies at the same time, uh, one pretty experimental. And uh, so what he decided to do was he had this uh, special kind of staff uh, get-together in Bermuda. And it was this thing where he brought his whole staff together. He had footage from the kind of test footage, raw footage from the upcoming feature films, a historical over, over, overview of the company, uh, some highlights and clips of the past year. Uh, he had some uh, kind of discussions, uh, including uh, what is the contribution mission of the Muppets in the world today? And creativity, what it means to me, how best to achieve it. So he had these different like kind of breakout sessions where they were kind of pondering the future of the company, the direction of the company, what this all means, where they're going. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it went down apparently as like a very uh, kind of special get together and kind of a refocus of the of the company uh, going into kind of its next. Uh, you know, it's it's next chapter, and uh, so it's like it was like a long remembered get together that really set the tone for what the Henson Company was going to do in the '80s, and uh, it was it was just a neat thing to see. There's a lot of uh, if you look up Jim Henson's Red Book uh, on online, and uh, also some of these pictures are from the book I have, Imagination Illustrated. Uh, you have a lot of behind the scenes uh, photos of this get together with Henson and his family and his crew and his friends and everybody, and it was. Kind Kind of because uh, they were starting to embark on this this really like crazy adventure here with these two feature films, and so it was really kind of a refreshing um, as they as they went into this next chapter. So it was a pretty cool thing to read about. I remember at a certain point because um, you know I was reading the autobiography for Jim Henson, which I still have not finished, but uh, I'm making my way through it. But yeah. um, that he was trying to break away from sort of more kid friendly stuff yeah. and doing more more experimental things, more adult oriented things. So it's interesting to kind of see the evolution of that over well, he, the years. Yeah, and and this was uh, you know one of those points. He again, we always bring up kind of Walt Disney in when we talk about Henson because this uh, he was always looking to the next thing. 
He, right. he was done. He did this. He's looking to his next thing because the Muppet Show was still very profitable and people wanted the Muppet Show to keep going. And uh, we'll talk about this later in this minute, actually. But yeah, people wanted the Muppet Show to keep going. And, and he was like, nope, I'm done with that. We're going on to other things. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He, so that was all ended um, by his decision. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was his decision I, to end it. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so we're looking ahead to, to the Muppet movie here. He uh, made some early notes uh, that he, in a, in a blank sketchbook with his ideas for a story that would have a cinematic range of his first film, but with the feel of a 1930s movie musical, the intrigue of an international heist story, and the pace of an action adventure with the hilarity of a big comedy romance. That all sounds very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not presumptuous, but. <laughs> well, again, you uh, know, I, I feel. Ambitious. Yes. Thank you. And I feel like I, I, I hear that a lot from Walt, too, you because know, like Henson had these ideas and then handed it over to, to his writers and were like, do this. You know, yeah. and, and it was very Make like vague. Yeah, and it was yeah. very vague things, but he trusted his crew. Um, and he wanted to do this because he enjoys those movies and he intended the second Muppet movie to have the fun and joy of those, uh, earlier, uh, movie musicals. Nice. Yeah. And then, and then I love this line too. Apparently he wrote down, uh, the movie will end with all the Muppets floating down in parachutes. Everybody sings as they go down. (laughs) So he already knew the ending. We just had to get there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, the Muppet movie, it was basically, uh, it was filmed under the title Muppet Movie 2. That was the the filming title. And uh, he wrapped up the Muppet show filming on August 22nd and then began principal photography of The Great Muppet Caper on either September 4th or 8th. I found conflicting reports on that. Well, that was not a very long break at all. No, no, not at all. So just <laughs> he's nothing if not a workaholic. Yeah, uh, they started uh, production in London, England, and uh, and and the rest uh, it was completed in January of 1981, which was definitely a longer shoot than uh, than the Muppet movie. I remember the, being amazed at the the shortness of the Muppet movie. How little yeah. time they they filmed that, and this one they took a little more time yeah. to film. Okay, well, the, this one required more time, I'm sure. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, so a little bit, uh, you know, we'll get we'll get into the intricacies of a lot of that stuff, but uh, but we had uh, various releases of of this film. It was um, it was released in uh, in 1981. Uh, but then on home video in 1982 on Betamax VHS Laserdisc by 20th Century Fox. And then uh, later on, he did another VHS Laserdisc release in 1993, so 11 years later. And then it was uh, reissued once again in 1999 uh, as, it changed product- as it changed distribution companies to, to Columbia TriStar. And then its first DVD release was actually under the Sunny Pictures uh, and, and wow. Jim Henson Home Entertainment label. Yeah, it, it, it was like ch- hot potato. It did. So it was um, it was by 20th Century Fox, and the second release was actually Buena Vista Home Video, 
um, and then Columbia TriStar, and then the DVD release was by Sony Pictures, and that was in 2001. Uh, and then the Walt Disney Company got a hold of the rights to uh, distribute it and release their own DVD on to, in 2005 as part of the whole uh, Kermit's 50th anniversary edition stuff where they re-released everything that year. Okay. And uh, then they had another release uh, for Blu-ray uh, uh, in 2013. Is that what this one is? Yeah, we are watching. Yeah, we are watching the most recent uh, recent, recent copy. Um, but unlike the the Muppet movie, there wasn't as many kind of changes uh, throughout the years. Um, there w- there's basically a pre-1993 version and a post-1993 version. Uh, and then, Will, you talk about the changes when they occur. No, well, I can list, I can kind of list them right here. Uh, they're, oh. they're very, they're kind of very little, little changes. Um, so 1993 was the second uh, VHS distribution of this. And uh, just a few things, they added some vocals uh, for Dr. Teeth in the Nightlife uh, uh, song. Um, they, uh, they believe it or not, when this movie was aired on the Odyssey Network, which later became the Hallmark Network, the mm-hmm. entire bicycle sequence was cut out. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> right. Why? Why? I, I could not find a reason. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. No, that's ridiculous. No. Oh my god. Um, and then that's a pretty big change. That is well, yeah. Okay, I didn't mean yeah, but that yeah, that that was a big change. That was a yeah. big change. But wow. that that was just uh, for that TV airing. And then when AMC aired it, they cut uh, a small scene of Gonzo taking a picture of a pigeon and most of the uh, nightlife uh, song sequence. So those okay. are the little changes that went on. But as far as I can tell, there's no like, you know, extended cut or different cut for the UK and US. Uh, so right. to me, the changes, yes, although they, they cut out some scenes for some TV airings, that, that happens. I, I don't yeah. understand the bicycle scene. That, yeah, that seems silly. That's like, <laughs> that's like that's like Empire Strikes Back taking out the asteroid scene. Like, <laughs> like why? I don't know. Well, it's almost no like sense. they had to cut it for time and they were like, oh, this scene is the exact right length. And then, you know, you're probably completely right, because like, that's how I, that's how it works. <laughs> and uh, I guess, you know, well, obviously we'll talk about it when we get there, but I don't, I don't think it necess- it's, it's a beautiful scene, but I don't think it's integral to the yeah, plot. You could cut it, it out. Isn't, and, it yeah. isn't. But it, it's it's one of the most memorable for sure. So yeah. that's just that's just interesting. But anyway. So uh, in, in this release, we do get the Jim Henson Pictures uh, logo, as we talked about last time. Uh, this was kind of a relatively recent addition to uh, to the beginning of the films, uh, this particular Jim Henson Pictures intro. Uh, right. And then uh, the first name we see this time is Lord Grade. Instead of Lou Grade. Right. Last time it was Sir Lou Grade as on the credits now it's just lord grade he kind of so he's upgraded from a sir to a lord oh yeah apparently in just a couple of years yeah he gosh i wonder what happened i don't know they decided did to he, did he rescue a queen <laughs> just I, I probably just made a lot more money so they upgraded this <laughs> title right 
I love it though. I could just I, whenever I think of this guy, I mean, whenever I picture him, I picture him like in a throne, like, yes. like saying, "Make my Muppet movies, mm-hmm. and I shall distribute them and make many profits." Like oh. I just I, I I imagine him just like up like on high, like having little to do with any of it, but just reaping the rewards. That's just what I imagine. And you know but, what? Who cares? He's the guy who financed the Muppets, so exactly they exactly. wouldn't. It'd be. Who knows where, where things would have been if if this guy with millions of dollars didn't step in and say, "Here you go." Exactly. So here's the deal. Uh, I I found uh, an article from a let's see a 1983 issue of Cinema Fantastique. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, you know that mm. magazine? I've I've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Um, here, here's a little piece of the article. Following the well-received June uh, 1979 theatrical release of the Muppet movie and continued popularity of the Muppet show on television, Lou, Lord Grade uh, agreed to move forward on The Dark Crystal, which Henson wanted to start making, only if he promised a Muppet sequel. So, uh, hmm. basically, Henson wanted... To do Dark Crystal first, he wanted uh, Lou Grade to give him the money for that, and then he would make Muppet Caper after that. But uh, he wanted it; uh, he wanted the Muppet movie first, right? Because uh, he knew that would he knew that was like guaranteed cash, and yeah. they weren't sure about the Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. It might be. It might be actually a smart business decision. I think. I'm sure it there. was. Yeah. So, um, you know, the by this time the 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 Muppet Caper was already being thought about. There were th- ideas being tossed around for a second Muppet movie, but uh, apparently he was like, "No, you're not getting this money unless you make me a second movie right now." So it turned in from making the two films back to back to making them at the same time, basically. Uh, wow. S- yeah. Absolutely insane. So, uh, Henson went ahead and uh, took the screenwriter from the Muppet movie to begin the screenplay for Dark Crystal, and we'll talk about uh, the script for the uh, the Muppet caper a little bit later, but uh, uh, that's what he did. He, so, what he did is then is he re- relocated a workshop he just purchased uh, in London, and he put all the Dark Crystal stuff there, and all the um, uh, Muppet caper stuff was done in uh, New York, for the most part. Uh, but then what they realized they had to do, it got a little crazy. Apparently during the production of the two films, they had to keep transferring, uh, kind of the more crucial crew members back and forth to work on both films. Uh, and a lot of live people worked on both films. Well, when we go over the credits, you'll, you'll see, uh, he kind of intertwined them a bit. Um, mm-hmm. but a lot of the crew members and the puppeteers, obviously, and things like that went back and forth based on the scenes. That- yeah, that makes sense because I was as I was looking up these names, I noticed that a lot of them were in both, and I just assumed yeah. that he rolled the crew the crew over to the next production. But now this all makes more sense. Yeah, same time. So they just flew them back and forth. It's pretty pretty crazy to think about that, and imagine the scheduling involved. Yeah, with these shoots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was also <laughs> there was also a, a funny little. Uh, um, rivalry between the two the 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 pu- puppet makers over in london and the puppet ma- makers over in new york and the uh one of the things that that came up is the uh the london shop didn't consider their creations to be mere muppets they were building quote-unquote creatures 
Now, this is a distinction Jim supported, but it caused considerable eye-rolling back in New York, because the, the people in New York working on the Muppets were like, no, we're doing the real Henson stuff, and people in, in England were, were like, no, we're doing the new fun Henson stuff, so... Huh. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little, little bit of a uh, uh, back and forth, some bickering and things like that. Led to some, led to a lot of headaches behind the scenes, apparently. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's then. You know, we basically got to. I, I have a lot about the script and things like that, but we'll sprinkle that in when we start talking about some of the main players in the in the credits. But those are okay. the basics to get in uh, to get in this film on board. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. So let's let's talk about the first scene that we do see here, which is animal. Yeah, uh, I think this is cute, a cute way to open it. You know, they, like they like to make fun of the MGM logo a lot, which is obviously what's going on here. Oh, I, OK. The lion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I did not register that. That's great. That's really funny that you wouldn't have noticed that because I thought it was like, really obvious. But I actually pulled up the um, the actual graphic and they even look the same. Like the lo- the logos look kind of the same and everything. But it- it's funny because this is one of those things that like make me. It's not that I don't like animal, but I just like it, it when he starts like biting at things and eating things like I just think of Cookie Monster. Like to me, they're interchangeable. So it's like I, I wish they wouldn't do that with animal. Like have him bite things, and I don't. Again, I know that like I don't even when I think about it, I don't even know who came first. But I just feel like that's Cookie Monster's thing, just like eating random stuff, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that should be animals' thing. It's just like one of my little nitpicks, it's like like because it's not. Do you agree? It's like it's not like he bites stuff a lot. I mean, I guess he does. I don't know. I mean, this is the second feature film we've seen him in, and the second thing he's chewed up. Yeah, well, he I chews guess. up the seat. He does chew up the seat. He right. damages. So, well, his deal is he damages stuff, whether it's right. with his arms, but he does he does bite a lot of stuff. He actually does. And I'm okay with that distinction. I mean, I, I get you, but like, you know, this one, that one's on Sesame Street. This one's on The Muppets. Yeah. I just, when I watch it, I, I just think of Cookie Monster. Yeah. Again, I don't know if that's intentional. I mean, Frank Oz, it's the exact same voice. It's the exact same performance. It's just a different Muppet. Like, and so I just wish that, I just wish that Animal would do something slightly different. Yeah. Than well, that's a bit why. Asshole. The, the yeah. voice too is like. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. 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 I mean, and he's mumbling in the same exact way that Cookie would. Yeah. And Cookie, Cookie has like this a similar sort of you know lack of English. You know, like just the gibberish. That's like. Cookie can talk more than animal. Animal can just like yell out random words. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of different. But whenever they kind of, kind of turn into the just the gibberish, the gibberish mumbling, they just sound exactly the same to me. So, um, but it's cute. I mean, again, everybody loves Animal. He's a showstopper, and so it's a great way to like start the movie. I don't have a problem with that. I well, just yeah, and and it, they start this movie the same like they ended the last movie. Animal did a break the fourth wall kind of scene. In at the end of the Muppet movie, right? And now he's the first character, so he's the last one you see there, and he's the first one you see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and it's True. funny you thought of the MGM uh, logo. <laughs> All it reminded me of was like one of those uh, cardboard frames that you hold up at like the Disney theme parks and take your yeah. photo. That, that, yeah, that's essentially what it is. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought yeah. it was. Now uh, do you, he starts eating it, and they zoom through the hole. I don't think that's a special effect. 
Do you? No, I think I I, I don't. I don't I know. Don't, I don't think it has to be. Like I think it could have been something they could have. I mean, it might be. It could have been something that they filmed on a field somewhere or whatever. Like I, I mean, I don't see why it couldn't. But I do think it's funny how um, animal turns to look at the balloon. I like that's the funniest part of it. Is when yeah. You just, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's really funny. The the fact that he interacts with that. I mean, I like it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It, may, it very well may be a digital effect, but it looks so good. Like I I, I I'm willing to to think that they just. That they that 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 they were filming that, but it would yeah. be really hard to stage. Well, when you that. say yeah, when you say digital effect, I mean, are you mean like a green screen? Right, there's thing? a green screen. Okay. I, I I I'm wondering if there's a green screen behind uh, yeah. Um, animal, yeah. and then they just put that behind them. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't yeah. find that one. But uh, if you can't tell, then they're doing their job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so good. So uh, we zoom into the balloon. And uh, the Muppets make a grand entrance in their first uh, in, the, in their second film here. Yeah, I, I hope you did some research on this because I'm curious as to how they did this. Oh, I did, I did, and okay. I figure we talk more about that in uh, minute two when we in get a full minute, minute okay. of uh, balloon. Yeah, okay. But I do have a lot of research on the balloon, a lot of the fun stuff. Uh, but uh, I, I will say that this opening is very 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 reminiscent for me in tone in feeling and sound to the muppet movie yeah it's gentle gentle like really thought-provoking music kind of just starts swelling in it's very similar like beats to the to the first one and we're looking at the sky we last you know last time we kind of zoomed in over the clouds and yeah. had a beautiful reveal, and uh, we're kind of doing the same thing here. And uh, I, I kind of like that. I, I like that. Uh, um, it was a good feeling in the first one, and it kind of sets the tone here again. Yeah, and I think it's 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 actually really strategic too, because I think if you were to start this movie with just bam, we're doing a musical number, like I feel like it's too abrupt. I, mean, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a this is a really good way, kind of like you said, just to kind of like lull you in and hey, we're getting ready to watch them up at movie and look, hey, here they are. They're talking to me. They're here. And then it, it lulls you into like the zaniness that's to follow. So yeah, um, it's, it's a great credit. I mean, we could talk more about the credit sequence itself later, but it's um, it's just a great way to open it. Uh, and then we get the the, the first words uh, once we get here into the Hot Air Balloon portion, a Jim Henson film, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I, you know, and I like Kermit's just easygoing first words. It's pretty nice up here. Yeah. 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 He's such a just everyday, like, straight man. Like, I, I think they, 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 his, his dialogue is just so natural. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's great. It's great. Well, uh, you know, we'll get into more of it into the next minute. But like, I just love the the difference between the three of them and the hot air balloon because we have Kermit. It's pretty nice up here. Fozzie, all worried about what's going on, and then we'll yeah. have Gonzo next minute where he's completely different from the two of them. Yeah, it's a, it was a great decision. Again, I think we should save this for a future minute. But to pair these three together, mm-hmm. we can we can we can talk about that you know tomorrow. But yeah, um, because of what you're saying, like this the distinction in their in their attitudes. Um, I wanted to say Fozzie's line when he says, what if we're never heard from again? Like, <laughs> did you have the same thoughts that I did? Because it made me feel so sad that like the Muppets are just kind of like 
<laughs> fading away. You know, like it's just it's a generational thing. Like when we're gone, like I feel like they're going to be gone. Yeah, like, just, I, that just I don't know why that just stirred up some feelings in me. I was sad. No, it is. It is a haunting line. Yeah. 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 And just even even the the way he delivered it, where they are, where this takes place, at what location, it, it, the year that it's being delivered. I don't know. Everything about that was just very meta. I don't know. I was just kind of like, oh, it's just depressing. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't mean to bring down the minute. Thanks Sorry, a lot, but- Annie. <laughs> uh, no, but I liked I liked the, what you brought up there about the because uh, that's. I, I like this intro, but I didn't even think about it in kind of the terms that you did, um, where if they just dropped us into the musical, it would be abrupt. Here, they're they're like, you know, it's just Muppets talking to us in a gentle tone and like, mm-hmm. hey, it's just these are the guys that, you know, I I kind of been watching for all these years. And now, you know, they're not, yell, you know, singing in my face. They're just kind of chatting in the yeah. blue and talking to me. Yeah, it it, make, it normalizes them and, and makes you realize, hey, I'm watching a, a movie with some characters, not I'm watching some crazy kid movie with puppets. Like, these are my guys. They're just talking. They're, it, it's completely normal, other than the hot air balloon thing, which is just, it's just a very nice, whimsical sort of Muppet thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's just very simple. Like, it's, it's, it's a great way to open up, a, like, particularly a sequel, mm-hmm. you know, to get you back into it. Yeah, it, it's simple, but it also sets the tone that, hey, we're going to be this movie like we're going to take it to the next level we're going to be bigger and more impressive we have muppets flying in a hot air balloon this time right. you know we had we had a, we had a, we had kermit sitting on a log in the swamp that was cool we had we had kermit riding a bike that was neat but this time we're starting off the movie with three muppets in a hot air balloon and right. uh, we're only going up from here it's interesting. It's just like the symbolism of when we think of Muppets, we automatically want to think of the puppeteers beneath them. And they wanted to pick something that was just the most obviously not that that you oh, can think of. Wow. There's a gigantic gap of air between them. And like you really couldn't have done that in any other way other than a hot air balloon. Like you can't put them in an airplane. You can't put them in anything except this particular scenario where we can't see their legs wow. and we can see just sky underneath them so i mean it's almost it's it's like the it's like the um the log sequence you were just talking about with with the lake but this is like you know exponentially (laughs) it's not it's not just a lake that there's a tank underneath it's literally nothing there's nothing (laughs) underneath them i just think that's brilliant all right well we have more hot air balloon to talk about over the next couple of days and uh, we'll get into the credits i have a lot more about the making of this film too which was really fascinating so uh, we'll dive more into that this week do you have anything else for minute one nope all right well then everybody uh head over to muppetsminute.com follow us there muppets minute on facebook and twitter talk to us join the conversation about the great muppet caper as we begin this this fantastic, almost 100-episode-long journey. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on another edition of Muppets Minute. Bye.